Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 30th episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Matthias Fridström, and I've spent the last 25 years inside the connectivity community. In this pod, we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. And in this 30th episode, I'm extremely happy to continue to speak to Jesse Roberts from Quantum Delta. You talked earlier about that you're kind of government-funded, uh, and then you talked about the EU Commission and so on. How is the funding in this area? You know, who 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 are the ones spending the money here? At the moment, the majority of the funding is coming from the research budgets from from governments, universities, or the European Commission at the moment. Um, so the majority of the universities getting funding to work on these developments or did build proposals like the Quantum Internet Alliance, so where they get funding from national governments and European Commission in different countries like the Netherlands, but also in Germany, in France, uh, they build up uh, national programs from the ecosystem and said, we have a national plan on quantum network technology. Um, we would like to execute it and we would like to drive this further upcoming years. How can we make this happen and how can we get additional funding to make this happen? So for the Netherlands, we received 650 million to accelerate that quantum program, but also with the goal from the national government to get additional funding uh, from the industry, but also get uh, additional funding from different programs that the European Commission has uh, um, built up in Horizon projects, in the DG Europe program, in the Connecting Europe facility to accelerate these types of developments in the different EU member states. If you're looking to countries like the US, uh, the majority there is funded by big tech companies that invest a lot of their own money into new technology. And if you're looking to Asia, the majority of the developments is driven by national governments at the moment. Okay, so it's different in different places. Uh, yeah. would, would, is, is there a need for more private funds in Europe or are we fine with the funds we're having today? No, there is more need at the moment. Uh, especially what you see around the startup scene at the moment that in the Netherlands, for instance, we have different startups coming out, the technology development of quantum. Uh, they need much more private funding at the moment. And what you see at the moment is that in Europe, uh, the, the people that delivering funding uh, from a private background are like to avoid risks at the moment. And that's different if you get funding from the US. People and investment companies from US take more risks at the moment and like to invest much more in these types of technology. But also there's sort of sovereignty discussion going on in Europe that if you want to do something in a European mindset, you also need to have investments from a Europe perspective. And that's a challenge at the moment. So in Europe, especially, we need to have much more private funding in this area that are able to take a couple of risks uh, to invest in this technology. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a couple of companies like Eurofiber and Orange and Deutsche Telekom. Do you feel that the, the interest from the current operators are there or do you feel that they should all show much bigger interest because this is really the thing? Yeah, from my personal perspective, I think there's much more interest necessary, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I think uh, um, 
it's depending what kind of goal you have. Uh, what I at the moment see is that a couple of uh, organizations are really a sort of front runner at the moment in this technology uh, there. It's mainly driven from uh, national connections that are out there. Uh, but I think that there is much more uh, attention required from the industry uh, because the, the impact on uh, the technology on the backbone infrastructure uh, on long distance and on short distance is high. The way of thinking is different there. And the risk is if people are not investing at the moment, that uh, competitors will uh, move quite rapidly forward uh, compared to the organizations that are not investing at the moment. I see there also a challenge at the moment. Uh, some telecom operators at the moment are completely uh, driven by financial heartbeat at the moment. So if you don't have a proper business case for the short term, then these organizations are not interested to invest at the moment. And I think there is a mistake coming up at the moment because if you don't invest or are not eager to learn what is required for the future, others will do this for you. And then there is a risk that you are too late. Um, and what I also seen at the moment with companies like NTT in Japan, uh, NTT has, of course, also a very large telecom operator network uh, globally. Um, they have still a sort of research organization where they're working and uh, investing in these types of technology. And in Europe, we have lost uh, many of these research departments within telecom operators so that these telecom operators fully rely on the suppliers and especially in sovereignty discussions that we have in Europe at the moment, especially with complete new technology like this, the risk is that they are too late to act on it or that they completely got locked into their vendors uh, which they have already. Okay, oh, that's cool. That's that's really interesting. And I, yeah, uh, I, I will certainly discuss this with our, in our company when, when this call is over. Uh, you've kind of convinced me here. Uh, one thing I noticed is that, you know, you, you said you started really 2019 and now it's 2022, which pretty much is the pandemic. <laughs> you know, did COVID-19 have any impact on your work? Uh, I'm always curious about that because I think the whole world worked really well during the pandemic is the research world the same you know could you cope or did you have to meet and you missed a lot of meetings or how, how would you say you coped with that i think overall it worked fine i think uh the the, the programs that we built up the context that we uh, were necessary to build up the program to get approval on the program that was all uh, everything was done during COVID. the only downside of COVID was uh, is the the sort of um, brainstorm activities and uh, build up uh, unexpected relations. So visiting events, visiting um, uh, locations to elaborate on what is possible, what is not possible to exchange ideas. Uh, these were not natural. And I think in a sort of environment where we're working on these types of events are really crucial to exchange ideas, to get new ideas, uh, to meet new people that could be interested in this technology. Um, and that was really missing at the moment. During COVID, um, when in, in the current stage, uh, this is accelerating quite rapidly. I think every two weeks, there is somewhere close by a quantum event at the moment where people like to gather exchange ideas at, some, at the moment. Uh, and that's the other challenge because there's so much going on as a, as, as, a, as a new world after COVID or nearly after COVID uh, that we need to handle all these activities that are going around and really need to decide what is important now, what is not important. We need, really need to select what's happening these days and, and focus on what we need to achieve. 
Yeah, no, I can I can really imagine that. I, I was just thinking, you know, working in quantum physics from the home sounds like a big challenge, and I, I can really yeah. see that you kind of yeah. missed meeting. Yeah. Uh, the, the the labs and the technical developments still continued, okay. especially in the Netherlands, but also I saw it in Germany and France. The labs were not closed. It was more difficult, but there were possibilities to work on site, um, especially in the digital infrastructure. It was also able to connect the labs remotely so that you still could do some software developments, that you still could do some testing, especially in the Netherlands. We have launched a couple of years ago a sort of quantum computer that is connected to the cloud so that you can play remotely with different algorithms of, on different quantum qubits uh, remotely. And that helped also in the development of this technology during the pandemic. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. Uh, I think uh, going to another subject, you know, one of the biggest issues we have around the world right now is security and security of data and, and all that stuff. Uh, how would you say from a quantum physics point of view, will security be an even larger issue, a smaller issue, the same issue, or how, how is that in, in the quantum world? The security industry will be the first adapter of quantum technology. At the moment, the biggest risk is that uh, there is somewhere maybe already a quantum computer out there and uh, that this quantum computer could hack all the encryption algorithms that we have today. What we already know is that um, different entities are tapping uh, existing data that is encrypted, store it and hope to break it in the future with a quantum computer. So at the moment, there are different uh, technologies in the quantum field that could solve this issue. There's the post-quantum crypto software technology that could already uh, encrypt the existing data exchange better than the traditional encryption technology that are out there. And with quantum key distribution technology, we can encrypt and secure the exchange of uh, encryption keys better. So for instance, with the quantum key distribution technology, you can deliver a key from location A to B. Uh, but if tr someone tries to tap the fiber line the, the qubit will be unstable and the, and the key won't arrive on the other side of the fiber line. And that helps already uh, on the short notice to protect data better. So security is an important topic for quantum technology and is also an important first user in this field. All right. Uh, do you think there are countries already using this in secret to try to break codes or... What, we don't know you... yet. Uh, people are afraid at the moment. Also, the intelligence agencies are warning for this possibility there. Uh, as I said, many countries or m m there are entities at the moment that are storing uh, tapped data to break it in the future. And that's also no known by many people and many uh, security agencies at the moment. All right. One of the things I've heard that might not be true at all, but one thing I've heard is that the size of the equipment in the quantum world is going to be a lot smaller than it is in the current world. Is is there any truth behind that? We don't we don't know yet. So at the moment, the quantum computer is uh, massive. At the moment, it's uh, you need four or five 19-inch racks at the moment. Uh, so so we don't know yet uh, if it comes to the quantum network technology, the QKD. At the moment, that is uh, this is in a, a sort of uh, productization phase and is uh, fitting more and more into 19-inch rack. In one of the test beds at the moment that we have running in the Netherlands, you only need, um, I think, one-eighth of a 19-inch rack to implement this, but it is without the traditional uh, optical uh, equipment that is required, and of course, the integration with uh, encryptors, etc. Okay. So, 
um, at the moment, we need to figure out if that is will happen or not. Yeah, so you could expect that the sort of current data centers or similar data centers in the future will be needed, and and the sort of yeah. physical security is also going to be important in the future yeah. to protect these places. Yeah. All right. Now oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, another topic, you know, if security is one of the biggest topics we have, the other super big topic we have is obviously sustainability. Uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, what's the take here from the quantum world? Will will that consume all the energy we have in the world, or will it consume <laughs> a lot less? Or or how, how do you see that? Uh, sustainability is also in the quantum field a, a very important topic. Um, and start with that there is a sort of promise that a quantum computer can help uh, to uh, calculate better uh, our climate, uh, can better calculate uh, the effects of pollution on our climate, etc. So it's on the applicable side that we are looking to the sustainability topic um, in the quantum field. But also um, a quantum computer at the moment requires a large fridge at the moment to cool the qubits to make them stable at the moment. And that is not sustainable, of course. Uh, but there are a lot of discussions going on and a lot of ideas going on at the moment to reduce uh, the energy consumption in uh, the actual developments of quantum te- network technology and quantum computing technology. And of course, if a quantum computer can deliver much more calculation power, then there is a sort of promise that you don't need that much calculation capacity as we have it today. But if the need for data is also growing, yeah, then the question is how effective will this be? Uh, and that is still what we need to learn. But there is becoming more and more attention. How can we develop a technology, quantum technology, on a sustainable way? And how can we build up already applications to calculate sustainability to make and improve this at the moment? Yeah. Uh, one thing, you know, transporting traffic is one thing in the quantum world. You know, storage of capacity, is that also discussed in the quantum world? How we can store enormous amounts of data somewhere with quantum physics? No, at the moment that is not uh, an important topic. I think at the current stage we are challenging with uh, quantum memories at the moment. Uh, Quantum memories are not there yet or there's developments going on. But if you want to hop from one to another network, you need to have a sort of memory to replicate the qubit at the moment uh, to make the distances between different locations better. That is at the moment also a challenge at the moment, and there's a lot of development going on. And first, we need to solve this or make it more proper than it is today before we can move in uh, storage solutions. Yeah, okay. One of the reasons I started this podcast was I felt that there's a lot of people that doesn't really realize how important connectivity is for everything. It's practically every country in the world or every company in the world are using the public internet and so on. Do you feel that knowledge is there in the quantum world? Do people realize how important connectivity is or do people just take it for granted that, you know, Wi-Fi should always be there? Or no, I think there was until a year ago a big gap between what's happening in the scientific area and what's happening in the industry. And that's becoming better at the moment. So what you see that there is much more involvement from telecom operators in the development of quantum technology. There are more test bits going on and the quantum um, uh, scientific world is uh, understanding better that if they want to build and, and develop uh, proper quantum network solutions, they need to involve uh, the industry and the telecom operators. But it's it's a starting process at the moment. And also people that have a scientific b- background, they are not aware how uh, the, 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 the operational side of digital infrastructure is working today. So we need to bring this together at the moment. There's, there's, there's work to do. Yep. 
Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> it's good that it's still work to be done here. So uh, we're running towards the end of this conversation. I, 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 it's been super enjoying and I'm learning so much as we speak. Uh, but my kind of final question is, you know, if you and I would have this podcast in five years, uh, what would we speak about in terms of quantum? Would we have use cases already in the live world or would we still talk about, you know, 2030 is the next step if we had this in 2027? What do you think there? I think the first uh, applicable quantum networks based on quantum key distribution technology will run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we are moving in a sort of direction that the next generation of quantum network technology is becoming mature and ready to productize. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the, on the QQD technology, yeah, it's, it's becoming out there. So companies like ID Quantique, Toshiba, uh, different startups in Europe, like Qbert in the Netherlands, like uh, other company, uh, KeyQuant in Germany, they are then uh, fully operational. They have products that could be on a traditional way sold, like the traditional routers and switches are sold there. Uh, if it comes to quantum computers, I think the first real big test beds are out there and the different um, uh, applications are developed there for, for instance, the financial industry or the petrochemical or uh, the medical industry are there to build up experience, how to scale, and how to improve the technology that is improved uh, or built on that moment. I think we have then major steps uh, on the scientific side, but also on the technology and telecom side and on the big tech, uh, not to forget. Okay. Do you think a company like us with 500 employees would have people dedicated for quantum? Yes, I'm sure. I, th- I think that there will be a sort of product manager within your company, that there are a couple of engineers that are really interested to do this and that there is a test bed running in your area. All right. That's really, really cool. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm super excited now. Um, yeah. Jesse, this has been a fantastic discussion. I'm, I'm super happy we had you here. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. It was a pleasure to do. Yeah. And um, I hope to speak to you in five years. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm super curious what we t- we'll talk about then. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. We will soon be back with a new guest, so please follow us on Twitter, ConnectivityPod, for updates. Stay tuned until next time.